Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show today. My guest is Chelyboy Ralepele. So I know there's been controversy around him in the media um, following his doping ban of eight years, but my philosophy in, in sports psychology is to, to treat every athlete as a person first and, and to understand the backstory of that person and kind of the mental process that lead to the decisions that they take. So um, firstly, I would love to get his side of the story. Um, I'm giving him a platform to speak openly and freely. And um, after that, you know, we could make judgments based on what he's, he's given us. Um, but it would be very interesting to find out, you know, what leads rugby players to making certain decisions, international sportsmen, in fact. Um, what are the pressures they're going through? What are some of the, the mental stresses that they deal with that we maybe aren't aware of? And, and how do they deal with that constant expectation? Um, expectation from fans, from, from coaches, from players for returning from injury, living up to their contracts and their sponsors. Um, so without further ado, I'm very excited for this episode. Um, please enjoy my discussion with Chili Boy Ralapele. Just listen. And on top of the game, meaning that you've got so much responsibility. Remember, you become the hope of the nation. So, mother, forget you are carrying that on your shoulder. Good morning, Chili Boy. How are you doing, brother? Good morning, Nick. Uh, thank you for having me. It's such a uh, wonderful opportunity to be, uh, to be on this platform. So now all doing well and surviving under the current conditions. So can't complain much. Oh, that's good to know, man. Yeah, thanks. I mean, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you, but it's a privilege to have you on because I've actually I've followed you when I was in, in primary school. Um, you were playing first team at Pretoria Boys and, and my brother had just gone to Pretoria Boys and he, I think he was grade eight when you were in matric. And um, I mean, we used to watch those games thinking we're going to go to Pretoria Boys one day and these guys were all heroes, you know. Um, so I've followed your career since then and it's been cool to see, to see everything that's happened with you. So all done on that. No, no, thanks. Thanks a lot. I mean, that's just the grace of God. I mean, it, for start, you actually make me feel so old. <laughs> Not that old, but, 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 but thank you. I mean, Victoria uh, Boys was, uh, was a great school and I think probably enjoyed life there more, more than what the outside world is to offer. But I guess also it also shaped me for, for who I am today. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Can we, can we start off with a little bit about that? So one of the questions that, I don't know if you know this, but I put out to, to some guys on Instagram and stuff, they can ask questions that, that they would like me to ask you. And one was, um, you know, your, your kind of backstory and how you got to Pretoria Boys and just your life story that led to you going to that school and then how that shaped you. Yeah, no, it's, uh, again, like uh, the, the stories that are kind of untold behind this and me, when I, when I look back, it's almost like, uh, it's like a dream come true in, in, in a way. So I came from a uh, very, uh, I mean, back in the day, we called the Platteland. I came from, from Hoodsprite, so directly from Hoodsprite. I, I went to apply to Torah Boys, but before that, you will not believe. So I, I stepped into... Uh, 
into the office to go and apply the office before I go to Pretoria Boys. Okay. <laughs> they, they know me then. I was advised by Pierre Edwards, who was the headmaster then at, at the office. And he says, now listen, go over to the school, just, 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 on, the, just on the hill, yeah? I'll, I'll call the headmaster, set up a meeting with you guys so you guys can go see him. And, and he did set up a meeting and we went to go see um, uh, Uncle Bill, the uh, shoulder there, and uh, we got, and when we got there, unfortunately, we actually kind of, we're, we're a bit late with, with our applications. It was almost like closing of the applications yeah. of, 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 the, of, the, of the new Form 1s. And, and, and so uh, what, what, what Shoda just said, said I'm going to call one of the parents. And I, I can't remember the, the guy's name clearly. I mean, he used to live, I think they used to, they were from Middleburg and they were supposed to come into, into one of the houses, which was Rissick House, because he said there's no way that that you can be a, a day a daily because it's it's not gonna work out. You come all the way from Hoodsbreak to yeah, it's not gonna work out traveling and also I, I haven't even arranged anything with my with my cousins that are living there. So it would have been very difficult uh, to try and get something sorted out then. So so then he actually had to call one of the parents just to inform them that there was a mistake in the application. This is a story that's not told. Uncle Bull, I don't think he, he probably doesn't sleep well. And hopefully this will kind of set him free to sleep well at night. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the kind of decisions that he made for me to get into the school. And he just said, listen, my boy, uh, uh, I think it would be a great opportunity, a great uh, opportunity for you to be in the school and, uh, uh, and really something that can actually shape, shape the person who you are, which you could use. Teddy is pretty impressed with, with, with my personality. I don't know how much then, but Uncle Bill just had a had a smile for, for, for good people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know Uncle Bill was one of the great headmasters I think this country has had, and he ran that school like a like a tight ship, and it was it was probably the best years of Pretoria Boys. Am I correct in saying that? No, definitely. I, I think if, if we look if we look at it, at the guy of his caliber is, is, is that one thing that he did i mean i sometimes look back like what did he do so great i mean as, as, as a leader because sometimes you as a leader you also want to reference some other leaders and and yes. and one thing that he, he made you feel like you belong even though like not i mean if you think about it a little bit over 1500 boys but yet he could somehow uh, remember some of the boys i'm not saying you remember all 1500 names and You'll be walking down the corridors and he'll just call you by name. Hey, Rale Pele, or, or hey, Mguni, or hey, Fenta, listen. So, 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 so those things for me, it's actually, it, it's making one feel they belong. And, and, and the moment, and, and as much as we speak of leadership, so the moment you, that you look beyond that, then you, you, you're, losing, you, you, you're losing your audience or you're losing your people. And, but the first thing is that people need to feel that they belong. Then from there, by them feeling that they belong, they're able to make the best out of the position that they're in. And you're able to get the best, best results out of the, out of the individual. Yeah. Well, it's cool that you've mentioned that because one of the, one of the key psychological factors people say that, that you need to, to have a healthy mental well-being is to feel like you belong to whichever group or society you, or community you find yourself in. So that's very cool. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, definitely. I mean, if you look at Pretoria Boys Eye and the diversity of culture, is it just, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I remember at break times, you'd walk 
uh, you'd walk to, uh, to the black wall, you'd walk to the Chinese table, you'd walk to the Greek table, you'd walk to the, to the Buddha worm. So it, it, it was like, it was so diverse in culture, but yet people were able to, to melt and, and, and be one and appreciate each other's cultures from, from, from where we come from. Yeah. And that for me, it is probably one of the greatest things that I could take out of, of the leave of the Torah boys. Yeah. So, I mean, leading, if we just track your story a bit, so you went to Pretoria Boys and Grade 8. Did you decide to go to one of those schools, Afis or Pretoria Boys, for rugby, or was it just to get into one of the good schools in Pretoria? Well, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I don't know what, what a good or bad school was, because oh. coming from the platinum, oh, just all you know is that, okay, there's this great school. People speak of the schools. Like, there's, I didn't have a cousin or or someone in my family that had gone to the school, the Pretoria Boys schooling system. So I, I, I had no uh, history background of the school at all. So the first day I stepped into Pretoria Boys, that was my day one of, uh, of, of learning the history of Pretoria Boys and understanding that the both schools, Afis and, and Boys High, and, and the relationship with the both schools that shared in the valleys and stuff like that. So I was very... Uh, privilege in a way or very lucky I must say to be able to attend um, such school yeah I know for sure and then going into you know form two form three and and up to matric you obviously became quite a a known guy around for for being a very good rugby player I know you played for the the provincial sides was there a pressure early on for you being being this kind of known this guy is going to make it one day well, you know, the funny thing is that when, when you're there at, 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 that, at that space is, is that you don't think about what the future holds. You just live the now. So okay. I kind of to adapt and teach myself to live the now and be in the now and be present and not even worry about the future. I mean, anything could have happened. I get to my trick and my knee goes and I, that's the end of my career or, 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 your, or your leg or, or you break your leg or, or something happens. So... So that for me, it, it was not even anywhere close to my mind. Yes, we still have dreams because it's important to have a dream and to aspire. We, for me, uh, likely there were guys like John Smith, I mean, that had come through the Pretoria Boys Eye system that you could kind of, oh, he came from the system and he played rugby. So they also, maybe there could be a channel way for one to be able to, to make a living out of, out of the sport. So, and and having great mentors, having mates around that kind of were able to work with you and able to push you every morning. I mean, I remember some mornings where I couldn't get up and, and, and one of my mates sleeping next to me, it's like night to my bed, like get up, let's go train. And like five in the morning, I mean, five in the morning, when, uh, in Pretoria's winters is not the most, uh, <laughs> the most glorious uh, days to wake up to. So, but you wake up and you get frostbite, you go train and you come back, you do a lot, you come back and you're back at school with the mates. So for me, it was, it was more just enjoying the time to come around you with the people that were around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. So when in that process, maybe only after school, did you realize, well, this is now my career. I'm doing this professionally. Well, I think where for me it clicked is, 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 is when, uh, when the Bulls came in. I was actually matric. My, my, my first term in matric, the Bulls came and said, listen, we want to sign you up and we're going to get signed a contract today. And I was like, even, even Uncle Bull was like, no, it's, it's not the right thing to do because he, he must still go through matric. 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so you kind of been put already under pressure at 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 that age where I felt you know you're overwhelmed so as a youngster you're overwhelmed and you're getting whatever what five thousand rand whatever a month that's just paid into your account and you think well i'm earning something from and i'm still at school so surely that means there could be um, this could be a journey that that one can uh, can step into so yeah. that's where that's where everything started did you have someone helping you manage your finances as an 18-year-old earning a salary? The funny thing is, I wish I had that someone. It's almost like, I'll always say, I'll always say to my wife, is that the saddest thing about, about contract and contracting youngsters from a young age is, is that you've got no clue. So now I'll give you an example. So you... You sign someone first year out of, first year out of school. You give them, I mean, the contract today is ridiculous. So a, a, a guy will earn maybe fifty thousand rand at night at, at nineteen a month. So you give you give a nineteen year old that much. So what do you think a nineteen year old is going to? First of all, he's overwhelmed. Secondly, he's like, well, I, I can. I'm like, I'm on top of the world, you know, in a way. Then, then, then why does he start? Then, then, then the ill discipline kicks in because now you you're forgetting. There's no, lots of people just think discipline is only when you are in between the four lines. But unfortunately, discipline is not. It's not what you do between the four lines. Everything is it can. It's a ripple effect. What you do on and off the field has a major mental effect on your performance in the field. And and people don't understand that. So for for the system to have structures in place whereby these youngsters are able to be managed financially. They'll say, if I was a union, I'm like, okay, we're going to pay you 50,000 rand. But what we're going to do is that we're going to pay you a tenth of that money. That will be your pocket money. Then other 10, the union has opened an investment account because at this moment, you don't need that money. Well, I, I, unless, obviously, for me, what I used most of the money, I did save most of the money and some of it, I helped my family in, 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 in the meantime, in the sense, wherever they needed financial help and stuff, I was able to provide for them already at the age of 19. So, so, so those responsibility, yes, I'm, I'm not saying don't help your family. I'm not saying don't help those that need the help, but I'm just saying that it could be easily, uh, people could be easily, uh, easily taught that could be, that could put structures in place to help these youngsters. And I think the unions are just as responsible as individuals because you can't give someone 50,000 rand and, and expect them to save the whole 50,000 rand for the whole month. I mean, first of all, your food is paid for at that age. Your accommodation is paid for. Uh, so if you're really living within the camp of, uh, of the stadium or whether it's a Sharks Academy or whether it's at the Bulls Academy, is that it's a walking distance to the training field. Yeah. It's a walking distance to to, to your shopping centers. You can, I mean, nowadays there's Uber. You can just take an Uber and go. To, you don't need to buy a car. You need to finance yourself a car, finance yourself. I mean, rather save your money or or invest in property. Find property or find opportunities in properties where you can. Okay, there's guys that are building and and, and they then invest there with with the developers. Okay, I'm willing to put. I can put. 1,000, uh, one rand a day or one rand a month, that's what I can put. And and I'll have to make a contribution and invest and put as part of my investment in that. So when it grows, then you'll, you, your money also grows. So um, 
yeah, and it's it's a very good question that you asked. Yeah, because I had a I had a conversation with a guy called Alex Shahim, who's a a player agent, um, more on in football and cricket, but. One of the questions was, whose responsibility is that? Because a 19-year-old doesn't know, and he doesn't necessarily have parents or a mentor that can help him. So is it the agent or is it the union? You know, whose responsibility is it to educate these young players? Well, I mean, if, if you've got an agent at that age, where for me, I, I never had an agent till, I'm not going to lie to you, I never had an agent till the age of 26, 27 oh, wow. in my career. Yeah. So I was a free agent all along. And I, I was just hard because I knew some good business people that I would interact with and kind of engage. And if there's something on the table where, uh, where there's motivational speaking and helping out with the youngsters, in different, that I'll just step on that and I'll just, they'll just pay me a few, like they're willing to pay you X amount. I mean, I don't have any, have any good negotiation skills, but sometimes, okay, well, it's enough. I'll take that and I'll just save it and just, just pay my plate of food and I'll, Pay, well, pay for my transport and I'll get there and I'll do what I need to do because it was in a way you it's a feel good thing also you're giving back to people so yeah. yes back, back to your question it is that I believe first of all if you've got an agent the agent has it is the agent's full responsibility to making sure that the player is taking care of I'm talking about the whole nine yards when I speak of the whole nine yards Nick it's I, I, I'm saying from your, from your financials to uh, to your budgeting, to uh, like, to, to, you know, like basic needs, basic skills of needs, to uh, investments, to your, uh, to to get it. Whether you need a vehicle, how how would, how do you put structure to get your vehicle? And when you're injured, how do we find the best uh, rehab centers in the world to put you in there and put you under the administration to making sure that you come you come back twice as strong. So it's, it's all of these things. It's not only the union. Yes, the union also has a responsibility, but the union, remember for them, it's like a money-making machine. And it's also, it's a, I'll just relate the unions to, to, to a bus station. So for them, they, they're driving a bus and then every bus station, sorry, they're like bus drivers, every bus station, whoever, the next crop of talent hops in. Yeah. And whoever falls out, <laughs> jumps out. It moves on. It doesn't. It, it doesn't go in reverse. All is moving forward. So yes, it is. It is solemnly. I'll, I'll say it's an agent responsibility to making sure that players are taken care of. Yeah. Well, I think that's a very good uh, analogy because you see so many young players that go through signing a contract at eighteen, and then maybe let's use Cohen Bosch as an example. Very young player yeah. that when he signed and. Um, Luckily, I think he had an agent uh, from an early age, but the pressures then on him to just stay on that bus the whole time is so high. And at any time with an injury, with some off-field issue, you can fall off the bus or you don't have the strong mind and you, you're spending all your cash and you, your lifestyle changes, but that bus doesn't wait for you. So you've got to have your own structures as an individual, your own mentors, your own support structure because the unions can't care in the, for in each individual. No, exactly, which, which is very sad because if you look at that American system, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer of the American system. I mean, they've got it working for them. It, it, it's, it's working and we can see that. It, it, it doesn't need a blind, mind, a blind man to see that it's working. I believe it's working. And, and if you see how they're working is that I think one of the most important crop that we don't touch on 
it's a mental side of the game. It's, 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 it's a psychological side. Your psychological being is that, like when I look now in America, the draft system is that more and more, they're looking at your psychological being. When I went to Canada to do my rehab, after my last injury, when, when Toulouse sent me over to Canada, is that I, I realized there again that the professor at, at, at McGill University, it's, he just said to me, listen, Chills, it's, it's, it's not about, listen, I can get you ready tomorrow. We, we can get you strong tomorrow, but we need to get your mind strong tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, today, so that it can face the challenges of tomorrow. Yeah. So we, we don't look at these things. And, and it, it, it bombards me. It's almost like now, it's like you invite a sports psychologist to come speak to the players. Thinking the players will just, you know, regular players are always like, they'll sit there and like, they'll start moaning, oh, blah, 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 blah. And they don't understand the importance of it. And, and when I looked around, and you look around and like, guys, we are missing the boat. Do, do you actually know what visualization is? Then they're like, uh, well, you just visualize. No, visualization. You, after your game on Saturday, close the chapter on Sunday, obviously recap what could have been better. When you step in on Monday, you should already visualize who you play against the weekend. You, you, you should play that because your body only is controlled by, by, by what the thought process are. Remember, they, they, they call it the, an, an instinct. And instinct thing. So for instinct to kick in, it's that memory that you're creating for those instincts to know, to remember, just in that in that moment of time, yes, I need to hit this gap. I need because you don't see anything. There's so much traffic on the field that's going on that you, you actually play by instinct. Yeah. So I mean uh, if you had to compare our systems in South Africa to let's say those in France, is there a clear difference in that? Do they pay more attention to it overseas or is it the same all around? Well, the funny thing is, so there's two ships here. So in France, yes, there's more money and all of that. And yes, the, the unions, I believe the unions are professionally, there's a professional structure, but where, where we are above them, it's almost on, on the training end of things. So, so we, we, we're complementing all our mental side of the game for training. So we still believe Work harder, like you must run till you till you throw up or till you puke. You must understand. You must feel. You must feel the taste of blood in your mouth. It's, it, there's time for that. There's time and place for that. I'm not saying. Listen, when you train, there's time and place for that. You, you, you're gonna face the All Blacks, and they're gonna make you run for for six minutes, ball and play. Where you're gonna like after three minutes, you're gonna start seeing stars. That's so. That's when that's gonna kick in. But but then it's almost like it's the system there, it, it, it was so professional behind the scene. I just felt just more professional behind the scene. And, and how, how they make it, so if, if you look at, I always say, more, if you look at the true psychological side of it, so when I say South Africa, South Africa is like, yes, Nick, you had a, oh, it was okay today. Next time, pick it up next time, pick it up next time, be better next time, better luck. It's, it's, it's a South African talk. Paint, painting. You go to France, you, you had a bad game. The coach, oh, merde, meaning it, it was rubbish. Like, he will tell you straight, it was right. a rubbish game. It, it's, it's not what I expected from you. Then, reassess yourself. And, and 
And on the other hand, when you had a brilliant game, they feel you contributed so much to the team, the coach will come and say, listen, there's a, there's a bottle of wine, whether you like wine, there's a bottle of wine, go home, buy yourself, uh, I'm vegan now, so buy yourself a good potato <laughs> and put it on the grill and, 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 and enjoy your wine with your potato or the sweet potato. So, and come back, I'll tell you when to come back. Come back, come back on the Wednesday or the Thursday. But I don't want to see you anywhere near the stadium. Yeah. So what is, he, what is he doing? He's giving yourself time to just, it's like this guy's work so much. You can't just, we're not, we're not automated machines. that just can just keep on, you can't, you need time to just pull back the reassessing, then come step up again. Yeah. So, so, so those were the two schools for me. So they're different between the two schools. Yeah. I found it interesting that you said you did your, your rehab in Canada. So they sent you from France to Canada to do rehab. Correct. And that's all, so, sorry, that's all paid for by the, by the union. So a, a portion of it was, yes, was, uh, was paid by union and a portion was paid by the player. Okay. Got rehab centers in France, but Cabreton is in um, the big rehab center in Bordeaux. You can Google that. It's it's actually it's it's, it's amazing. I said that's always been my dream. Like I wish South Africa had centers like that, where it just yeah. it just purely on rehab. You won't believe it. Like I mean, superstars Ronaldo, Messi, and these guys they go to these centers yeah. to do their rehabs, and and, and the control, supervised, professionalized, uh, professionalized uh, environments. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so go, going to Canada, uh, uh, she, the trainer, he said, you could go to Cabricotton, which I did spend a few, t- a few days in, in, in France. But he said, I also want you to go try. There's a new method that's being used, methodology that's being applied in training in Canada. Yeah. And, he, and, and that's why I met one of the top trainers there, Dev Chatterjee. He, he's top. I mean, he trained... Um, this guy was uh, with, with Manny Pacquiao. He trained those guys. So he's one of those guys that was, was with the team and training those type of athletes. And lots of NFL players, lots of uh, NHL players and baseball players. I mean, it's, it's, it's just the list goes on of the amount of athletes that he's trained all across the world. So it's, uh, for me, it was just, just great to be in, in an environment like him because he was a guy that, so he did the whole, uh, he, he was a physio, osteotherapy. He was a he was a he was a, a dietitian. He was a physical trainer. So he, and he had his PhDs in all of these. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, so this, no, exactly. So this guy knew exactly what he's doing and what he's talking about. I mean, first time he looked at me, he's like, "Oh, what are you? Are you a rugby player or what?" Because like, he knew nothing about rugby. Like, what sport rugby? So, like, look at your body. You know, I, I, I need to fix that body. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like yeah. it's, it's it's important for people to give you a, a true reflection of yourself in the mirror. We we can't be in South Africa. We can't be painting over things nowadays. Nick. We, it can't be. Whether whether it's a discussion of uh, of color, black and white, you, you can't be painting it. Discuss it and and. Talk about it and find solution to, to to move on and 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 reconcile in a sense. So yeah. it's 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 important. So I mean, if we can use that as a segue into into you playing 
international sport now. So you were the first black captain for the Springboks, right? And it was kind of a label put on you at quite a young age. Um, do you feel that was a bit of a burden for you or was it just a massive honor and you didn't really feel the pressure of that or was that pressure quite hectic for you? Well, I think, first of all, if, if, if I'd have said it was a burden on me, then it would be like, I selected myself, <laughs> but I didn't select myself. So, so, so I was, I was, first of all, I was never selected. I never selected myself. My performance spoke for itself. Yeah. And selectors select me. So once again, I think yes, if for one to be think this is the future's captain, it's it's almost like you're putting pressure. But then the other thing, what they did wrong is by doing that, they never put structures into place. In a sense, so so what I'm saying is, maybe uh, a good or bad analogy is that to become a professor, you've got to go through years of of research, studying, and so what now to go back to rugby is that they had to either put mentorship programs around me and people that I are in leadership position to be able to guide me. Put someone in that space and teach them and develop them as time goes. Do not put someone when they're not ready. I, I can't tomorrow go and pick pick someone to be my CEO if if, if I, I don't know if if he can handle pressure, if he can handle um, making decisions. That is just a small example. Yeah, but. But you must know that the people that you put there, that by the time you get, you, 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 it's a development program. Just, just like the system we used to have in, in rugby, whereby they used to have these development um, camps for, for youngsters, which, which is, it's sad that they moved away from that because what this was doing, again, if you touch on the transformation, it was giving the transformation time to kind of understand and to learn and get better and develop. You, you, you don't get. You don't say you're going to become the next former captain, but yet you do nothing about it. First of all, you you, you don't play the guy. He doesn't get game time. So how how are you going to learn to to deal under cope under pressure? How are you going to learn to to control your teammates when when they're ill-disciplined on the field, when you're off the field? How are you going to? So I mean, there's so many reasons that I can give that the system. Yes, whoever said I've got potential, it's by the grace of God. Yes, they did see something in me, and, and, and I, I still believe that I can still uh, impact the world. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is that it, it just doesn't, it doesn't it, you don't just wake up and just by, just by a click of your finger, that's the guy that should be in. It doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Yeah. In the real world, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Do you think they've learned from that though? Do you think after, it sounds like, I don't want to disrespect any, anyone, but it sounds like you're saying they kind of threw you under the bus a little by at an early age saying you're the first captain, they tag the, the first black captain label onto you and um, without any support structures, without any leadership coaching and mentorship and, and maybe making you a vice captain for a couple of years and learning from someone specific. 
you think by throwing you under the bus a bit and seeing how that played out that they maybe have learned from that going forward? Well, I, I, to be honest, I, 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 don't, I don't know if they've learned from it. And I, I hope they do something to, to kind of, to kind of uh, rectify it. But I, I see what they've been trying to do, obviously, uh, last year when I was, when I was the, the Sharks, is that uh, they had um, a group of leaders. So you kind of operate together. So th- those five or six leaders are potentially could be, anyone could be captain on any given day. Yeah. So if, if one is out, there's two, two is out, there's three, three is out, there's four. So, so yes, I think maybe they, they've kind of learned, but then I, 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 but then I still believe that now the biggest mistake you can make now is empowering all five, saying all five of you can make decisions on the field because now when the captain has to make decisions, there's noises, there's white noises from, from everywhere. Yeah. And, and that's what, that's what you don't want. You don't want that cohesion. So, uh, so well, I'm, I'm hoping it will get better, but I still believe that I still believe that the system is 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 not is nowhere near where it can be. And if you would relate that to um, to the whole transformation system that is in place, do you think there's there's a lot of errors that they're making in that as well? Well, Nick, when you speak of that, the first question I ask I ask you is, what is the definition of transformation? My question is: How do you try? How do you how do you transform something? So for me, looking at, at rugby is that is is is, is, it, is it almost like having someone on the bench? Is is it being in the greatest squad? Is that called transformation? Is it playing in the in the match twenty three? Is that called transformation? Is it being in the starting lineup? Or for that matter, is is it only playing forty minutes and being subbed after forty minutes? Is that called transformation? Well, I say no, because transformation, for me, to understand, to transform anything, it needs time. So transformation needs to be gauged on time. You only get better with time. You and I can have this talent only get you as, as far as, as, as sitting around the same table. So what differentiates us is you had more time. You had more experience. That's what will make you better. You can have a guy with, the, with PhDs today and you can get all the experience in the world by, by, by uh, sports psychology and be way ahead of them and sit on the same table and think, but this guy, does, he's still speaking about the books. You know, like I, I always refer, there's a book that, that, I, that I read and they speak of the same, the system of thinking, it's almost like, the problem is we're thinking what is, which is what's in the book. You go to a doctor, the doctor only prescribes you what's in the book. Oh, do you have a cold? Uh-uh, cough. Uh-uh. Okay. That is a prescription. They give you what is. But do you ever look at what can be? Oh, what is the cause of your cold? Okay, let's see. What conditions do you live in? Uh, do you have warm clothes? Do you, uh, what, what kind, do you eat healthy? What, what, how do you, so do we need to gauge things properly. They need to be gauged. So again, when I come back to transformation, is it should be gauged on time. So in my instance, Nick, I think my biggest, the biggest fight, in the, I would say fight, the struggle that I had in, in, in the game was just on time, begging for time. Please give me time. 
Give me time to be, give me time to learn how to be a captain. Give me time to, to be on the field with the guys. Give me time so that I can perform. Give me time so I can voice myself. So it, it, it's all that I ever fought for my whole career. I spent 14 years of my life fighting for time. Nothing else. I mean, if you look at my junior years, look at Pretoria boys, like, you think, well, why was this guy so good at, at, at high school and junior, and junior years to under 20s? Hello, it doesn't need a rock and a scientist to answer that. The guy had time. The guy was playing weekend in, weekend out. Yes. And, and, and that was all about. I mean, for Lewis Hamilton to be the greatest driver in the world, I mean, how long did it take him to get to where he is? He needed time. Yeah. <laughs> understand? He only became very great at the age, from the age of 20, 20, or 28, 29. I'm talking about Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. And how old he is? 35 today, 34. So, instead, it was just time. But he started at the age of, what, 18? Racing professionally. So, yeah. so time is, is, is important in any sport, in any, and, and whatever you do, whether in corporate, whether on the sporting field, is that I believe time is plays essential role and how you use your time is so important. And it sounds like if you, if you take transformation at, at young levels when they, what's happening at the moment is the schools are signing good players of color from, from smaller schools or from less privileged areas in grade eight. And now these kids suddenly for the first time, they're in a, an environment that's so competitive where you're playing against the likes of Afis and Vatikluf and Grey Bloom week in, week out. And, and the guys that have been in those schools or in those type of environments from grade one, they've had that time to, to get used to that competitive nature and, and things. But the guys that are only being signed out of nowhere in grade eight or maybe in grade 10, they haven't had the kind of the back end of their development. They have to try and show up from the age of 16. And, and then these players are often falling away because they just don't know how to manage that pressure and that competitive environment because they're doing it for the first time at the age of 16. No, no def- definitely. Because what is happening there, Nick, is, is, is basically the, the guy is overwhelmed, first of all. Oh, wow, great school. So he needs first adjust. So what does he need? He needs time to adjust. But then, does, do the schools put structures to help these guys? I mean, for these guys, first of all, I'll say give them extra mural activities, meaning that uh, extra lessons so that he can educate himself, understand, get better. Tell him, tell him listen, it's not only about rugby, but yeah, in this school, we, it's, it's, it's an opportunity not for you to become a springbok. It's an opportunity for you to become the next... Uh, uh, the, the next lawyer to, for you to become the next CEO for you to it, it, it's an opportunity so up until these people don't put structures for I mean again schools are again to blame because now they, they get given the mandate to kind of do that then what do they do they kind of just okay, just throw them under the bus yeah well he's not good enough we, we, we told you he's not good enough because that that's that's in it and an and essential thing, that's, that's exactly what they want to say. We told you it's not good enough because it's an easy way to divert the conversation, right? Yeah. So, so again, is 
there is talent out there and it's great that there are schools that are, give, that, that are giving these kids opportunity because I do believe that also that transformation needs to start, especially not even high school, at primary school already. They should force the, 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 from the Beliki rugby, the, the youngster, the seven, the eight-year-old playing rugby. From there, they should say, sorry, there's no school that's playing this sport without uh, X amount of, uh, of, of black players, black colored whatever players. There needs to be an equal uh, diversity within the teams. And then you started there, then, then already it, it, it will break this chain that you're taking people already at, in high school from, from, from disadvantaged areas and disadvantaged schools because already they were being exposed. And by the time they get to, um, they get to high school, they kind of, they, they've got understanding and already there's another structure they're going to fall into that also looks after them. Because at the end of the day, like most people, people that come from disadvantaged area, I was very lucky that I didn't come from a broken home, but lots of these kids, I mean, you, you're a psychologist yourself, and I think one of, one of the biggest things you probably deal with like in sport that, that I've seen is that lots of people are coming from broken homes. Yeah. And, and that has a massive mental effect of, of, of your day-to-day being a human, of being a human, or living. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you could give advice, you've played many years of international rugby now, you're a veteran of the game. What advice would you give from your point of view that could help us do transformation better, if I can call it, if I can say it that way? Well, my first thing with transformation is it's about time. So there needs to be time. Then secondly is that uh, the whole transformation act as you can call it, it it needs to be reassessed transformation is great because end of the day is that there needs to be transformation because people need to get opportunities and 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 we're not saying it's you're transforming to become the next the next former captain you're transforming this guy to become the next the next judge in the high court the next ceo the next uh, the next elon musk and, and, and so, so the importance of that, that it starts from grassroots and also for, and also for government to also do something about the, the schools in the town, the schools in the townships, the schools in the villages, put structures there as well. Then put facilities. End of the day, if this country is, we, we are all sports fanatics. And uh, I mean, Nelson Mandela also supported the power to change. It, 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 to change the nation and, and, and it does change us. We've seen last year with the World Cup that how, how it makes us, how it made us feel united, how it, how it changed the whole, how it made us change as well. But we, it is a very powerful tool. So use that tool, create better facilities for these kids in those underprivileged areas. And there you're also able to take kids that are also still in those facilities and take them to, to, to these uh, suburban schools, primary school and high schools as well. Take them there as well. Because it's important to kind of to see the dynamic. Because in that way, I think it'll also, it'll, it'll, they'll have a, a good gauge to see what system is working, what's, which systems aren't working, what needs to be done. Because I just feel that since the since whole transformation came up, the coach system is that there's never been gauged. Nothing was ever gauged. 
I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to speak on behalf of the minister or the president of Surrey or the sport committee, but I or, or the business um, committees. But I just believe. I just believe that nothing was ever engaged in that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, should we be getting ex players and and current players involved in that process to have more discussions around it and not kind of be like, well. There's, an, there's a transformation policy in place. So the rest is just, let's, re, let's let it run automatically. Should we not have this discussion yearly and say, well, is this working? What can we change? And then on a yearly basis, kind of implement the changes that we see haven't worked. I, I, do, I, I, I think, yes, yes, we should. Because again, I'll go back to Formula One because being my, the sport I, I love watching is that when Mercedes builds a new car, who do they put in the car? The driver, right? Yeah. <laughs> the engineer is the engineer of the vehicle. The driver drives the vehicle. Then what does he come? He comes back and he reports. Says, well, I, 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 I feel that the, the gear shift is lagging. Well, I feel the steering wheel is, uh, I feel there's a problem with the steering system. Or I feel that uh, when I get to third or fourth, when I go from third to fourth gear, that I'm not getting enough power. There's no, the RS is not kicking quick enough. So these things are, are important. That is gauged that X players, X players are being put or questioned like, what can the government do better in the whole transformation? It's, it's important to, 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 to get their they side of the stories as well because they're the ones in it. And the ones in it only know how, how they can get it better and maybe be able to advise the, the authorities. There's this group of professionals that are being hired for, to, put, to, to look after this, uh, this transformation uh, to help them and, and understand, okay, we can maybe twitch here, twitch there, make this better. And it's, it's, that's, how it'll, that's how it'll get better. That's how we as a nation can, can grow. For sure, for sure. So let's uh, chat about that quickly. So playing international rugby for the Sharks, for the Springboks, what are some of the pressures that you, that you deal with on a daily basis as a, you know, as a young player firstly, and then as you become a veteran of the game, does that change the type of stuff you deal with? Yeah, you know, Nick, I, I, I think... You know, when, when, first of all, when, when you play international rugby, is, 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 is that the pressure is completely different. There, you, you must be on top of your game. And, and, and on top of your game, meaning that you've got so much responsibility. Remember, you become the hope of the nation. So, mother forget, you are carrying that on your shoulder. So it, it, it is your responsibility and you're representing the national side. You're representing the Sharks, Bulls, uh, Stormers or Cheetahs. You, know? you are representing the national team. If the pressures are way bigger and way different. But how, how I combated that was basically was through prayer, was through um, uh, uh, my mental approach of the game, my visualization. So yoga, so meditation. So I deeply, I put myself deeply in that. Deep, 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 deep. Yeah. Because why? So, I, so, so that I could, so I can control myself. So, so that I, I, can, I can be with myself. Yes. And, and, and playing club rugby, 
yes, you're playing super rugby. It's it's almost for me when I say club rugby, it's almost like it's 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 a it's a step to the national team. So you still need to perform. Yeah. So so there there is your performance speaks more than your mental game. Yeah. Yeah, but both you still need to perform. Then when it comes to national team, your mental game speaks about the rest because how you can handle the pressures. Yes. In 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 in, in the last second, having to 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 dart a throw at at the back at the back of the line out, and that, that that's that's a that's almost like a do or die. It is a do or die. It's not yeah. almost. It is a do or die. So, yeah. Yeah. So um. If you if you had to go and look back at the the first time you played for the Springboks and then maybe the latest time you played for the Springboks, obviously different coaches, different coaching structures and setups and management teams. Did any of them have a type of process? Because playing, as you said, international international rugby inevitably comes with a lot of expectation, a lot of pressure from fans and and the coaches and even your own pressures and your own expectations on yourself. So do they have a structure like that to kind of help you manage that, help you manage the mental thing, maybe a bit of a debriefing session. Talk about, about that for me. Yes. Uh, stru- structures were always there, but, but I think as, as a, as a player, you also, you're also, you're suddenly responsible for, 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 for your own actions. So what I mean by that is, um, it's it's important to 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 have a to have a key focus. So the coach the coach will only give you coach needs to give you what's important, what's your key focus. Then you need to set your own goals as well. And by setting your goals and the coach's goals, you're able to kind of uh, those need to kind of uh, interlock. And if, and if if they don't interlock, that means you 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 far away because you, a player also has his own expectations. So your expectation from your coach, your expectation from yourself, is is totally different. But it needs to find ways where where it interlocks, because end of the day, we, you're not playing individual game where it's it's not like golf. It's, I mean, as a hooker, it's it's important. The throw is important to the jumper. The jumper is important to the hooker. Then the jumper is important to the scrum. The scrum is important to the jumper. The lifters are important to the jumper. The jumper is important to the lifter. So, understand? Yeah. There's there's almost there's there's a nice chain that that's working just just within one action. So the importance of that to kind of uh, I would say uh, one of the coaches say all arrows need to kind of point in the same direction and move in the same direction, then it, it's, it's better that way. If it doesn't interlock, it needs to point the same direction, rather. So, so no, sorry, yeah. continue, no, continue, sorry. So, so, so those are very important. Yeah, so if you, if you look at that now, there, are, there have been times, we can all see it, when the, the expectations and the goals from the coach and then the player's own expectations don't match and they don't interlock and the arrows aren't pointing in the same direction. Um, you see that with, within the player's performance, um, then maybe the coach puts him, puts him on the bench. And obviously you're dealing with a lot of mental things in that moment. And at the same time, you're still representing your country. So now you have all the stress and pressure of wearing the green and gold. Do the coach, have the coaches helped you 
get through those mental stresses and things? Or are there, have there been psychologists part of the team that you guys have worked with? Or how have you, how do you go about dealing with that? So um, I must say uh, the, the system do, does employ a psychologist. So there's psychologists that, 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 um, that uh, do, do come and, uh, and consult with, with the team. So, uh, so I'll always say that, first of all, just to uncap that, it's almost like goals need to, they need to be realistic goals as well. So what I mean by realistic goal is you can't play five minutes. It's almost like I call it five minutes versus five tackles. So what the co- it needs to be realistic. So if, if we say, okay, you're playing five minutes and you must make five tackles and uh, five carries, it's almost like, okay, but there's five minutes and as we know, average boarding play is about three and a half minutes and there's a, there's a minute and a half break. That, that, that's a game. <laughs> so in, in, in retrospect, you've got literally three minutes. To, to, to three minutes or five. So they need to be realistic. They cannot be unrealistic. It needs to be gauged on their time of ball and play. And you say, okay, ball and play is 14 minutes. So in 14 minutes, but this is the full 18 minutes. When you play 18 minutes, when you play 14 minutes, so it means 20, you've got 20 minutes to put your actions together. But you can't say now that you play 40 minutes, you must make 20, uh, 20 tackles, you must make 20 carries, because it's impossible. You, are, you can only do... I mean, 20 tackles, 20 carries, 20 cleans, uh, 20 chases, whatever. It, it's, it's impossible because you only get a, almost like an action per minute. Yeah. <laughs> you understand? So sure. if, the, if, the, if, if the coach's goals are not realistic, then it, 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 it doesn't help. Then the coach goes and he shouts the player at the end of the day for not reaching his goals because that's exactly what's happening. That the coaches build on set realistic goals. And one of the greatest... The greatest coaches that played under, I mean, I've been privileged to be, to be coached, to play under five school coaches. Wow. And out of those five school coaches, there's one guy that really stood up for me, was, uh, was uh, Peter de Villers. And when I went to France, was Guy Novis. Why? Hello? Sorry, we're back. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yes. So, what, what, why, why these two coaches? Because both of them made you feel like you belong. Then, for making you feel like you belong, they, they made you a, a human or a person before the athlete. They reminded you that. They listen, no, no, that is just the rugby player. But I'm here. I want to speak. I want to speak with the person. Yeah. You understand? So, so, so it, it, again, it falls back to it, it's a psychological, uh, uh, almost like, I don't want to say capture, but it's, a, it's almost trying to get your, your acknowledgement before the rugby player. Yeah. Then by, by doing that, you, you, tell, you, tell the guy, you say to the guy, listen, then you, then you yourself, pardon, you, you yourself, you are able to kind of, Say, listen, I can't disappoint the coach. I can't disappoint my teammates. So then your motives are even greater to be on the pitch. So I, 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 don't, I don't know if that answers your question, but... Um, no, for sure. Th- 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 yeah. It, it leads into my next question, which was, who are some of the best coaches you've played under and what made them great? So you've mentioned 
Peter de Villiers, um, not just Springbok coaches, but also maybe at, at the union level, who are some of the best, maybe even school level, and what made those coaches great? Yeah, I mean, again, as it's, it's, you know, it's, then you look at a guy like Paul Anthony, who is being, I think, I think he, he, he's, he's probably one of the, he's also one of the most uh, undermined coaches <laughs> that, that there is in, in, in this country. And they understand the greatness that that man has. Again, it's, they all have exactly what I just explained. They just all, all have that to make, the, to make the person before the rugby player. Yeah. So what makes a coach great yeah. is not his ability to coach a good game plan or technique. It's more about how he lets the players feel as people. Like, how many coaches today do you think coach? Well, at that level, I don't think many. So what do, they, what do they have? A team of expertise around them yeah. that do the coaching. So, 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 so as a coach, your responsibility is almost to be, you're almost the CEO of the team more than the coach. Yeah. And, 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 and that's how it is. Yeah. I mean, even American football, you look at American football, the general managers, the general managers are almost like coaches in American football, but they sit back, then they select coaches that were coaches that, that run the show. Yeah. But the, impo- the importance of, of, this, of the coach in South Africa, or the CEO, is, 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 is to make sure that you make people feel like they belong. So, so you, you have to make sure, you have to understand, what, why is Nick on fire today? What's Nick going through? Well, you, should, you should be able to pick those things up. It's almost like the instinct. It shouldn't be at half-time or full-time. Yes, Jules, you had a bad game. That was bad. That was awful. And, I mean, there's no need for that. Yeah. Because you go to him like Jules today, today you went to be at, at your best. And you should be able to tell you why you went at your best. At your best. Yeah. Because, it, it, because it's, it's hard for you as an athlete to kind of find why, why? Then you kind of quick yourself. Why did I fight today? Why, why did I do? Why? You're just thinking about the game. You, you, you can't picture back. Yeah. So a coach should be able to give you that whole screenplay. Should be able to be that screenplay. Yeah. yeah. And those are the kind of coaches that, that we need in this country. Because there is talent, Nick. I mean, how, how, how do you coach a springbok to catch and pass? Yeah. Then you shouldn't be a springbok. Yeah. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 it's, it's more it's, it becomes more a chess player. So you need chess players around you, people that can play chess. So when you play against all blacks, you know, okay, these are my tactics. First ten minutes, this, this is the picture we're gonna paint. Then after five minutes, we're gonna paint different picture. So we need to get them thinking on their feet. We can't get them knowing what's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I have a little bit of a theory that our very best technical coaches should be coaching grassroots level rugby and our best man managers should be the top level coaches. Would you agree with that then? It's, it's a very good and, and a very powerful theory that I actually never thought of that. And, and, and I, I think it's, it's got lots of rights in it. Why? Because uh, you, are, you are taking this, these expertise and, and, and you're taking this, this skill of expertise and you're actually going to to nurture your grassroots. And, and it's important because by the time these guys understand, okay, this is how it works, then it's easier that by the time you get to 
to that professional level, you, you're not even worried about oh, passing, growing, because you're almost like, it's like, okay, now I just, I just got to manage the mental side and I got I to gotta manage the physical side of, of myself, like meaning that you're, you're training, how, how disciplined you are. I mean, for me, I, I, uh, maybe till, till last year, I was still getting up five o'clock in the morning. So you want to be the first one up. And I, I still enjoyed going out, taking a walk in the evening. And I felt like I was the last, the last one out, out the training, out, out the gym. Yeah. So it was your first one in, last one out. And, and that, is just, that is just from person to person. It depends what your goals are, what you, what, what, what you aspire to become and where you wanna, what, what path or where you want to get to. Because to, to get to any path, you, you can't stay in bed 24-7 and thinking that you're going you, 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 you're gonna, to you're gonna sell ice cream to an Eskimo. <laughs> yeah. so you've got to go out there and put on your snow jacket and try and see if yeah. you can get any Eskimos for starters. For me, well, I'm happy to, I'm happy to stay in the warm weather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you think back now of all your experiences under Springbok coaches, what is one thing that stands out that you would hope every single coach takes with them? Make the make the right players feel like they're people, yeah, and not machines or yeah. or, or robots. Yeah, then you you'll get the best out of them. I mean, tra- training, as I said, it's it's self discipline. If if you don't have self discipline, you wouldn't be there anyway. Yeah. If you so, don't sacrifice, you wouldn't be there anyway. Yeah. So do you think Peter de Villiers gets unfair criticism about his, his, his coaching career as a Springbok coach? Of course not. I, I, I feel he's probably one of, one of the coaches that I had lots of respect for and one of the coaches that was definitely undermined because, I mean, history, I mean, never mind history speaking for itself, but uh, the stats speak for, for themselves as well. You also got to look at stats. That's what, I like. That's what I love about America. America, they don't blah, blah, blah. They look at stats. Okay, yeah. what is your win ratio versus your, versus your loss ratio? Well, well, well if, you, if you don't know, he's, he's won more games than any other coach. <laughs> yeah. out, of a, out of my five coaches, he's, he's got the, the highest winning percentage. So he did, he did something right. Yes, people criticize saying, oh, you had the best crop of players. Well, well then, why don't you give an opportunity with the least, with the worst crop of players? Yeah. So it's, it, it's, it's sad that a, a guy like him is actually, actually getting lost because what he could have done, he could have inspired other coaches and also maybe they, they could have put a system whereby putting, let him, head the coaching system of South Africa, meaning let him go into, into these rural areas, let him uh, educate these coaches, let, let, let him train these guys to, to, to become as well, to have an opportunity in the coaching, make him understand, let him open up his book for these people. And that would have been, if they put him up like, oh, you wanna give him a coaching job, then put a system like that whereby you can help nurture and grow our crop. Of, of new coaches that will come up. Yeah. I think it's very important. I think we are uh, the education of our coaches 
is very much dependent on the fact that they've played rugby before. There's no real education on man management, on running a squad, on all those type of things, you know, and those are, as you said, very important in coaching. And I was involved at Western Province Cricket in the, in the coaching structures in, in the education field. And every time we did a, a course on a player-centric approach to coaching, the feedback was amazing because all those guys could play good cricket. They know the technical side, but they've never thought of how important the mental side is to coaching. So I think it's very important for, for a structure like that to be put in place. No, no, exactly. But, but, but then again, it just shows you because if I refer back to the, to the Canadian system, I mean, uh, the professor saying, well, in Canada, they're starting a new thing, a new approach into sport, taking a different route. It's like, what route is that? Is that training harder? Is that uh, spending more time on the track and stuff with the track athletes? That no, we actually, we, we, we're going, they're, they're, we're doing a reverse, uh, it's called a reverse osmosis, correct? So, so, so we're taking, 30% will be training or 40% and 60% is just going to be the mental, the mental side of the game. Wow. So, so they put, they put you in this dark room and they, they, they train you and then, like the mental side, how do you get folks? How long can you stay focused for under pressure? And they put, so it's, it's like mental training. Yeah. And those, those are the kind of system that we need that we don't have in South Africa. And unfortunately it's sad because these coaches only know exactly what you said the technical side, but the mental side become lost because they don't know how to deal. Like that's why that's why if you look at the best coaches in this country were actually teachers. Yes. Yeah, School yeah. teachers. <laughs> yes. Because they knew how to they knew the psychological side of of, of, of people. Yeah. Yeah, that's Jake yeah. White and all of them were, were teachers. Yeah, yeah. No, no, exactly. Yeah. Peter's also a teacher. Paul Anthony, is, I mean, there's a whole list. Hanukkah Mayer, there's a whole list. All of these yeah, guys. They were all teachers, yeah. So yeah. How, what is your process of, of dealing with failures? You know, I always say with biggest thing with failure is that it's acknowledgement. So lots of people don't acknowledge their failures. So if, 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 if I'm wrong, Nick, I'll come to you like, you know what, today I messed up. I, re- I really messed up. I, I I wasn't on top of my game and I own up as a man for it. People, people or players don't do that. They hide behind. And by trying to hide behind, you're kind of, you're clothing yourself with this darkness yeah. because you're not, you're not accepting the situation. So you need, by accepting the situation, you will be able to drive away the failures. And by facing the man in the mirror, you can use it, you can use it to almost impact you positively. But how do you move forward? Okay. Chills, I was wrong. You know what? I shouldn't have done that. But now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to face, face my fears or my failures and I'm going to move forward. And, and, and if, if you look at it in a, in a positive way, this moving forward means that it's what's gonna. It's what's gonna shape you who you are today. It's gonna make you a better person tomorrow. Yeah. So if you look at the negative side and you stick on the negative side, it'll weigh you down, and you just get heavy. You 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 you'll just have a cloud of like, of of thinking that the world is against you. 
if, if, if we don't use it correctly. But so your, your failures, I believe your failures is what shapes you. So looking back at your career, which are some of the failures that stand out and what are the lessons you've taken from them? Well, first of all, I, 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 I to acknowledge that uh, for me, I'm not saying I'm not saying I was, I was always in the, I'm not saying I'm a pure person that I'm not yeah we all make we all make mistakes and I've learned from mistakes yeah but then there's there's certain mistakes that if there's certain mistakes that keep haunting you then you should re, they, then you should step out completely but if they're haunting you because of your of, of not your doings, then you should question the system. Yeah. So uh, I have made mistakes in the past, but that doesn't mean that the mistake you made in the past will decide who you are today. Unfortunately, unfortunately in South Africa, they wait the past and they make the past the nows. Yeah, and, and and then again, I'll say it's our, our educational system. So our educational system brainwashes people to believe to, to, to think and believe a certain way. Yeah, because now we speak to media. Now we're visiting this podcast, and a person already as 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 made up their perception about whether me or you has really been made before you even listen to the podcast. Yeah. So how, how do you change that? Is it stop the brainwashing and look at what can be, not what it, not what is, or what it is. Yeah. And so, so you've got to look at, 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 at both directions. Then you'll be able to, to, uh, to, to, to have a summary of, of, of an individual. Yeah. But, but failures are, are what shapes us. You need to fail to get better. I mean, if, if we go back, I'm a Christian, so take the Bible and you read the story of Jesus. Did, did wherever Jesus walked in, was it all full of gold? Was it uh, king wherever you went to? No, people spat on him. People spat on him. And, and, but yet, he was able to use that to have a positive impact. Because again, uh, one of my favorite sayings is uh, listening to um, Morgan Freeman. He says, watching one of, one of these documentaries, he says, um, in every darkness, there is light. So what he said by that is, the 0.0001% of the person who is dark, that could be the light. And that's what we need to focus on. Yeah. That's only where we'll be able to, because like you acknowledge that there is darkness, but also acknowledge that there is light because we are all humane. <laughs> Human. Yeah. Yeah. Go bone and flesh. Yeah, for sure. All of us. And, yeah. and one of the biggest yeah. lessons I learned, um, my headmaster at school was, was similar to Bill, was to you, quite a, a profound guy. And he used to say, 
we never judge the person, we judge the action. Meaning, just because this guy made a mistake or he, he took an action that led to harm somebody or, or himself maybe, doesn't mean he's a bad person or a dark person. It means he's, he's made a judgment call that wasn't correct. But as a person, we still respect the person and who he is. And that's, that he actually took that because we were speaking about Hansi Kroenier at the stage. He obviously had a lot of issues. And, um, and with Hansi's thing, people were questioning why the school isn't removing his name from, from the boards and things. And then the headmaster said, well, we don't judge Hansi as the person. We just judge that, his actions. And I think that's what you were alluding to is that people make mistakes, but that doesn't define who they are. No, exactly, exactly. I mean, you, 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 you are, you are dead right there. Is it, is it, yeah. unfortunately our society is like that. Is, uh, but, but also one, one of the greatest lessons that, that I've learned from a mentor at school was Mr. Yehu and, and later on was, was Mr. Paul Anthony, is that, said, you know what? People will break you down. And the world will break you down. But then just find another door to step into. Yeah. <laughs> because there's no need for me also to have grudge on people trying to break me down. Because, as I said, hey, maybe there is a little bit of light in them. And maybe one day they'll be able to see that light. Might not happen now, which is sad. Or maybe, maybe when um, I'm not of this world, they might be able to see that light. And, and so that, that is what I should accept and just uh, find another door to step into. Yeah. So, I mean, you've, you've obviously been painted in a certain way through the media with the recent things that have come up. And um, one of the reasons I wanted to get you on is to give you an opportunity to show that you are, in fact, a human first and a person with a good heart and with, you know, family and things, but you've been labeled now because of what happens in the media and that perception that you spoke about. So I don't know if you want to want to get into that at all, um, but what is the current kind of situation and how are you dealing with it, knowing that this is the image being painted of you? Well, f- first of all, I mean, this, this, this situation just actually, it, 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 it made me stronger and it's making me stronger every day and it's shaping me every day. To, to become who God wants me to be. So I still plead, I, I, I still fight. I'm still fighting to this day for my innocence. But people forget that I've been fighting for my innocence since 2010. Yeah. So this paint, I've, I've had it since 2010. So people easily forget that. And, and, and when, when you look at the current situation, when I talk of the current, situation. Obviously 2010, look at 2010, the whole team could have tested positive. Then again, and you say to yourself, but how does someone get tested if they don't even get one minute on the pitch? So how does this whole, how does it work? Surely you need to test the guys that are performing then. See, why, why is this guy performing so, what, what, how did this guy get a man of the match? I mean, those are the kind of people I'll say, you need to test most of the time because they're performing. Surely it's like, hey, is it a little bit suspicious? I mean, some people are just great and they get men of the match week in, week in, out, and 
doesn't mean they also that they they're cheating the system or they're doping. No, it's not. So, so then you go to 2014, and you find 2014 and 2019 for me. It's the when I look at these two cases, when you saw, I open my files and I've been reading to all those files myself. And and when I go through the cases, it is that not the funny thing is is the question I ask is the time, the sequence of events. It's similar. So 2010 ha happened a few months before the World Cup, which was in December 2010. World Cup on the 2011 September. 20, 2014 happened in Feb 24, March 2014. And the World Cup was in September 2015. 20, 2019 happened in Jan 2019, and the World Cup was in September 2019. Yeah. So then the picture they throw out there is okay, 2010, he drank it. But then people don't question, but you don't even play. 2014, Whatever might have transpired is, 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 is that, again, is that people are forgetting the discrepancies that happened in the lab. Then I go to, 20, I don't want to go too much in 2014. 2014 is also a big case in itself. Yeah. Then 2019, which is the latest, and you think to yourself, wait a minute, I don't know anything about the drug called Xeranol. Oh wait a minute! I was always, I was a veget I was I was a I was, I was a vegetarian. Oh wait a minute! Uh, so it happened. I had an op, 2014 and 2019. I had an op, and a couple of weeks after the op, I get tested. So then you 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 start, I'm sitting at home. I'm not doing anything. I'm not able. In 2019, I'm not able to train or do anything. I just said I had an op. Two weeks later, I pick up or 10 days, a week later, pardon, I pick up a massive infection. And I can't even walk. I'm sitting at home. My wife is literally bringing food to me and bringing, because the doctor says, listen, you need to keep the knee up. You can't put pressure on it. Yeah. And it's supposed to be an, an op that immediately after the cleanup, you're able to walk. So it's supposed to be a cleanup. And this happens. I'm like, then... What did they put to my body? So you see, question the doctor. You go, I question the doctor. What did you put to my body? Because I need to question him because I was, <laughs> I was under when they were operating me. Yeah. I, I, I need, I need the whole medical script. They don't give me everything. I go, they, they don't want to give me the whole file. Wow. I was like, you're holding the file, okay? Anyway. That's fine. Then 2019, come 2019, I start recovering slowly, start to cycle slowly, and I get tested, and I tested positive. Then you find there's also lots of discrepancies along the way. So as, as a DCO, who's a doping control, control, controlling officer who tested me on that day, he almost, he comes a week before, straight to me, is like, uh, when are you guys getting back? He comes a day before, to test other athletes and people make a joke. So when is Chili Boy getting tested? 
It's like, oh, it's his lucky day today. Then the next day I get tested. Then there's a partial sample in place, which he doesn't record or he doesn't inform me because how should, I've never, I've never given a partial sample before. So it was the first time where it's after a boxing session, I had no urine, so I passed the partial sample. So partial meaning about instead of passing 100 mils, I passed 30 mils. Yeah. Then I carry that around for about half an hour. Then I pass the rest into the same uh, vessel. Maybe I should be a new vessel. Again, that partial should have been stored and sealed somewhere else. Then you find out that he keeps the samples at his home. Some of the samples were kept at his home in his fridge. And I'm thinking, how is that possible? Are we talking about professional athletes here? Yeah. We, 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 we're not talking about, ne never mind whatever athlete anyway. It's, it's, I think the system just got it wrong there to be able to allow that. Yeah. If, it's, if it's cutting cost, then tell me it's cutting cost because that does not exist. Then surely then you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be testing anyway. Then, then you find out that, that uh, out of that, it was the, 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 my sample goes missing for 12 hours. So what I mean goes missing for 12 hours, it needs to be, the, everything, whatever it arrives needs to be dispatched and signed for. So whoever handles, because it's, it's, it's very sensitive, they need yeah. to know, they need to be able to trace. For sure, yeah. So for 12 hours, they couldn't trace where the sample was. Was it in a vehicle? Was it in someone's house? Where was it? We don't know. Yeah. So I, I'm not fighting what they found. What they found is the lab tells you that. That's what they found. I'm yeah. fighting how it got there. Because yeah. honestly speaking from my heart, it did not come from... I did not, I did not ingest myself with, 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 with such rubbish to make myself better. Yeah. Then again, what people didn't know, the Sharks wanted to offer me a two to three year contract, end of 2018, just end of Karika. Yeah. Then I said to them, you know what, I don't think I, I want to play for that long. I, I, I don't want to be in the game for that long. I'm happy to take an eight month contract. Sign me till July. Then I'll probably hang my boots in July. This is yeah. July 2019. So for, for someone to come back and say, oh, no, he wanted to get back in time to make the World Cup team. No, he wanted to get fitter, to get stronger. So it's yeah. almost it, it's ridiculous assumptions. Yeah. It is ridiculous that someone would say that yeah. and use that. And it's, it's grounded in nothing. It's, as you said, it's just an assumption, you know, that no one knows. <laughs> I didn't know that the Sharks offered you that contract and no one knows that you asked for an eight month, but they would go and make an assumption and say what he's trying to repair himself quicker for the world cup or get stronger for the world cup. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a terrible thing. For his career. Under. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, exactly. But, but, but I'm saying thank you for allowing me to be in this platform because it allows me to speak the truth. And also it, it's a baggage of myself. So tomorrow I can go to bed feeling good about myself. I can yeah. sleep next to my wife, uh, be with my with my little man and just knowing that I feel good about myself. Understand? Yeah. I'm not carrying any baggages. We're so free I mean, to we we free to move. You you were planning on retiring from rugby, in any case, am I right? Correct. So so it doesn't affect you in the sense that you're losing out on years of playing. 
because it's it's just kind of tainting your name. No, 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 it's, it's exactly, exactly. For me, the biggest thing is is I, I, I kind of have that I kind of have that painting of my name as 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 being the the victim of uh, of, of of doping. Yeah. So uh, th- that I can't stand. Yeah. Because that is not who I am. Yeah. And if if I was wrong, why would I even spend so much money paying uh, lawyers to fight my case, knowing that? I'm not adding a salary. I mean, it's ridiculous for, for someone to even think of uh, thinking that you'll get away with murder. Yeah. It, it doesn't work. Like this. The system is black and white. Yeah. And you're appealing at the moment the, the outcome, am I right? Well, at this, at this moment, we're looking at, uh, at all, grounds in term of, all grounds of appeal. And, and as I say, we're still within the 21-day period. So we're going to take time and... Hopefully, sometime next week, yeah, we'll come up with a decision whether to appeal or not. Yeah. And it's yeah. just a pity because even though in 2010, you and Bjorn Basson were cleared for, of any wrongdoing, that label still stuck with you. So, you know, when, when the next one comes and they go caught again for doping, and it's like nobody wasn't actually caught for doping. The first time he was cleared, but that label sticks with you. So I admire your ability to overcome that adversity and and come back and still even represent the Springboks after so many things, just to try and show you know you're just here to to do what you love. And um, maybe you can even touch on that. How do you how do you overcome that adversity? Well, for me, I think my upbringing played a massive role in this. So if if you look at my upbringing, I just take my upbringing quickly. It's almost like I grew up in a clay home. I was a clay home, a home made out of clay. Yeah. Then from there, uh, later, parents built a wooden home. Then from there, it took them 12 years while they still put the foundation, made the foundation to build a brick home. It took them 12 years to complete their home, a brick home. Yeah. So when I look at that picture and also, I had to drive donkey carts to go to the world to go get water. Yeah. I had to make sure that I water my grandmother's uh, garden because that's where our source of food came from. Well, yeah. I had to make sure that, that, that I fed the chickens that we had at home. Yeah. So when I look at this, all this, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want anyone to feel sorry for my brain. Yeah. That's who I am. I grew up in the in the Mujaji Grove Mountains from Mujaji or in Tiki Line near Zani or Lenyenya. It's a, a township nearest to us. And what that has taught me is to be resilient. It, it taught me to persevere. It gave me strength. That if it took my parents 12 years to build a brick home, well, I've only got a knee injury. I'm only facing, it's only a small challenge in front of me. This takes, this goes, this passed in five weeks. Then after five weeks, you must move on. Yeah. Find another door. Make yourself better. Train yourself even harder. So, so what, what this did, Nick, is that it just made me work even twice twice or three, four, five times harder than I used to work before. If, if I thought I'm working hard, I looked at myself like, 
chills. If you think you're working harder, we well, are calling myself because my client name is Mukwena. So as if I say Mukwena, if you think you're working hard, you're lying to yourself. Now get up at four in the morning, go for a run before you get to training. Go, go for a cycle before the, guys, uh, before the guys pitch up. Be the first one in the gym already. You must have completed two sessions before they start to the first session. So that by the time you do the third session, by the time you do, they do their first session, you are on your third session. By the time they do their third session, you are on your fifth or sixth session of the day. Yeah. So, so I needed to make sure that I put myself ahead like that. Because sometimes you miss out on, 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 on the time. So two years away from the game. So you miss out on the camaraderie. So you need to catch up and also be ahead. And, and that, that's exactly what I, what I just used. I just held on to those to resilience, perseverance, and just never give up, never give up, never give up. Yeah. So, I mean, your upbringing definitely played a role in, in not only that, but also in you becoming a professional sportsman because there's a lot of resilience needed to, to go through all the failures and all the, you know, the trials at, at a young age for the junior provincial teams and then to sign a contract and then to make the starting lineup and then you don't get picked and you get injured all of that type of stuff, all the traveling, it's just resilience is needed wherever you look with, with the, within a sport like rugby. So do you attribute that to your upbringing as well? No, no definitely. Like as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky that the situation I, was, uh, I grew up in, it, it molded the person who I am today. Because without that, I, 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 I wouldn't have made it so far. I mean, I was speaking to some other athletes and they're kind of going through the same thing. They're like, you know what? Me, at one stage, I felt, I felt like taking my life away because, because of the pressures. And I'm like, listen, you need to find something that will kind of remove your focus, something, rather do something, go study, do something, go work out elsewhere, go find a job somewhere else. Yeah. And tr try and better some part of your life. Try let something else catch up to where you are. Okay, don't close the chapter. Just keep it there. But uh, go, go go in and get your PhDs or your masters. Go study, yeah. uh, or go find a job, do an internship at at a company somewhere, and and focus on something else. And so, I believe yes, this I believe my bringing had a massive impact on on who I am today. And also, I must say, I'm very thankful for my wife and 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 my child who just came of late is that my wife was always there for me. She supported me through it. So also these supporting structures, your family is important. You've got a solid family that also supports you yeah. along the way. So you're not alone. So it was important to find a solid supporting pillar behind you yeah. so that they can be the one kind of pushing you because sometimes you can only push yourself so far, but if, if they're not willing to, to nudge you a bit or kick you in your backside, then it's, uh, it, it, it doesn't help the, it, it doesn't help uh, your, um, it doesn't help your dream aspirations. Yeah. Yeah. Did you receive a lot of um, backlash from fellow players and teammates when you returned from, from suspension? Yeah. Can I come back? To, I just want to answer to Barton quickly. Is that no, okay? Cool. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. No yeah, just give me a minute. Okay. Cool. So we're back. Yeah.
so the the backlash did you receive uh you know backlash from your fellow players and teammates when you return from suspension yeah I, I must say obviously some people made it easier but uh but some made it harder because there, there were a few games i played i remember i was playing new zealand and you're playing against the crusaders and um uh, one of the hookers, Corey uh, uh, Fernandez, goes, "Oh, you're dragging." You know, they, they almost try to, to to play that mental game to you, like, "Oh, you're dragging," and all this. I'm like, yeah. it's almost like you almost like like anger that you need to control quickly because it's like I don't blame you. You just you <laughs> you just dumb to say this for starters. <laughs> First of all, check where the check check where the ball is. Yeah, and it's yeah. then. Yeah. So, so look at the score, things like that. Not that we always came out on the winning end against the Crusaders, but it's it's almost like well, I'll see you in the next scrum. Or well, understand? So, yeah. <laughs> so it's the, yes, you, you you do get lots of backlash, and, and people kind of uh, the you know the funny thing is uh, within our society is that people are quick and easy. They love to make jokes. So, so when they're speaking of, of, of doping, like, oh, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Speaking of doping, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and we've got one, yeah, chili. Then like, yeah, what about it? Yeah. Yeah, but but in almost like a very soft, I'm like, no, no, don't be shy to talk about it. Say, speak your mind. As I say, yeah. we've got freedom of speech, so speak your mind. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not going to punch you or do anything. Just speak your mind. Maybe if you say something wrong, yes, you might. <laughs> I might land a punch straight in your nose, but right now it's like, yeah. speak your mind. Well, it seems like you have the type of mentality that would allow you not to take those things too personally. You know, like if people are going to make jokes or chip you, your your resilience and adversity, ability to um, overcome adversity shows that it's, you know, you're not going to take those things too hard. No, no, definitely. What, what helped me the most, the most powerful tool that, 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 that I, I could have uh, in order to build it was yoga. Wow. When I attended yoga classes and meditation, people always laughed at me. Like, oh, why are you doing that? But I knew, because I, I had a goal in mind that I need to get my mind stronger. So if, if, if these people, Buddhists, you look at all these Buddhists, the way they think and their ideology is that it's not of this world. So how can I even grab 1% of that? I don't want 100%. I just want 1% of that and just hold it to that 1% in order to help my mind and, and, and my thought process. Yeah. So that I'm always thinking of the positives. I'm always, and when someone does something well, it's, it's important to to, to acknowledge it, like yes, well done, you, well done, you, well done for 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 buying, for investing in the home, well done for the, this action. Well, so it, it's it's important to acknowledge, and, and and not and not speak and not speak of the negativity because the more negativity I spoke of, that both my own negativity. So the more positive, it's it's called it uh, in yoga, call it a sense of gratitude. So. The more you give sense of gratitude, the more you receive yourself. I mean, I, I, I was in the gym before lockdown, and I was a lady, and she's working. But I mean, she, she, she's just 
she, she's she's quite built and she's working out and she's been working out for quite some time. And I've been seeing her when we jump on the white bike and stuff like that. Then the first time there, sometimes we start, you know, we think we're friendly people. We're not friendly. <laughs> we, we actually, we, we, we lie to ourselves. Being yeah. Friendly. yeah. When, a taxi, when a taxi drives past you, oh, what's this guy doing? But forgetting he's a taxi driver. He's, his job is to, is to commute people, take yeah. people to where they need to get to. So that he's a transporter. So, so the, and I said to this lady, I said, ma'am, you look wonderful today. And you, 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 like, you motivate me every day to just work harder because I can see how you're working. Look, how hard you're working. And she's looking like, look at how you're sweating. You're sweating. <laughs> you're like, you, 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 you're like, she's like, you're like crazy when you jump on the bike. I'm like, no, but man, for me, I'm, I'm in a different state. Yeah. So when I get in the gym, almost, um, I like, I like Will Smith when he says that when he steps in the office, he puts on his office hat. So it's important for people to have these hats that wherever you go, when you get home, you must have your home hats. You must know that I've got my wife and kid that to, to respect my heart and kid to listen to in that space. It, it's, it's, it's your space together. So be selfish like that. And, and when you get to the gym, have your gym hat. Here yeah, I'm coming, I've got a goal coming to work out. It's an hour in and out. More than an hour, you're wasting your time. So, uh, so sense of gratitude is, is, is important. I think plays a very important role. I mean, even, I think even as a Christian, also, we always, we always speak of giving. And I mean, if you see now what's happening is that how our giving has become very essential in, in, in the, in the, under the current uh, situation that we're in as 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 the as as entire world is that those that are in need it's important that whatever you can you you help whatever you can i'm not, I'm not saying go and buy two hundred thousand worth of groceries even two grocery bags to your securities will change will change can change the world yeah so so we all have power in us to change the world so Gratitude for me is, is, is very, very powerful. Yeah. So I always do, I always ask all my guests this, the same questions to, to get like a sense of what, what gets them ticking. And one of them is your, your mental practices that you, that you put in place. And you've already mentioned yoga and, and meditation. Is there anything else that you, that you do on a daily basis or on a weekly basis just to help yourself be ready mentally? I think the other thing is uh, getting out there with the family. So I'll, I'll sometimes just just south of my family. We'll go for for a beach walk. We're very lucky that in in case that you can go for for walks within winter or whatever time of the year. So you just take and go for a beach walk and just walk together and just be present to kind of uh, remove. Remove, remove you away from from the external pressure or from from focusing too much on, on 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 if you're playing the game on the weekend on the weekend's game or if you've got a big uh, pitch up to do uh, just, just to remove your focus away and not just be stuck in it the whole time and by the time you get there you crumble because the pressure will just get to you and you won't be able to think so it's it's important to a balance so I think balance plays an important key in, in, in in life so yeah. balance your life and, and know exactly 
what is it that you can do and what i mean balance doesn't mean go uh go go to the gym and train or go to uh, or go uh, go do some do something out of out of what you're doing out of the norm take a book go to sit in the park and just read yeah just go lie go lie down on the grass and just read go sit on the bench yeah. and just acknowledge what's in front of you and that for me is what helped uh, what's helped re- reinstate my focus what, what that helped me to be able to focus when i needed to focus yeah that's awesome, man. So what are the five most important things in your life right now? Five most? Yeah. Same. My family. Yeah. I think uh, I've got a responsibility to my family. For sure. Uh, it's the, obviously a responsibility. You're accountable to them. And uh, I think also... Uh, the new journey which, which I'm embarking on. So uh, I've got to educate myself, which has become important. I'm back in university to, um, to make sure that I, I, I get up, upskill myself, I get the, the right qualifications. And uh, I think a journey of entrepreneurship is, as I said, upskilling. So upskilling meaning that uh, learning about the industry that I want to go into understanding that from from the book's point of view and thirdly uh, is also is is engaging with the business personnel around me and and and, and trying to to learn from them yes yeah, so what, so what, what is your what is your um your what are you studying at the moment what is your degree so I'm just doing a, it's a basic uh, BCom degree, which uh, I've just got a, 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 a year to finish up. So uh, just want to finish it up and just get out the way. Then, uh, yes, I'll have to obviously uh, study further and do MBA and I'll, 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 I'll see in what field. Then right now, I haven't made a decision where and I'd like to maybe, you know, you'd like to go to one of the universities other in America or in France or Someone just or in England just to um, to further my knowledge. Yeah, for sure. One of the yeah. things I'm very interested in um, is the transition from being a professional sportsman into normal life. And uh, you've obviously approached that through educating yourself and looking at businesses. Do you think that's something a lot of players struggle with? Yeah, I must say it's it's not easy. It was probably the hardest thing. I think, luckily for me, I had a year, I call it like almost a sabbatical year, which I obviously with the case and all that, that I could, I could use the time to, to think what is it that I want to do. And, and it's hard because the day your salary stopped coming into your bank account, then, you, <laughs> then there's a big question mark because yeah. many of us, we, 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 we live on, on, on our salaries and we don't realize it. And, and that's why... But that's why if, if look at um, if, if, if look at uh, between your your middle class and your and your top end is that it's we we're not quite there we're not quite there as a, as a country because we are we are, most of us are living on our day to day salaries and which is which is not the right approach but unfortunately I mean we can't do anything because of the education system that was put there that that. 
brainwashed or sabotaged people to kind of be there. You understand? So, uh, so you, you, you just got to, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, 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 it's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's, it's, it's not easy. And I, I'm just thankful that uh, I've got my family that is supporting me every day to, to get up. I mean, there are days where you feel demotivated to even wake up and try. I mean, working from home, it's, it's, it's not easy with a little one as well running around and trying to focus. So it's, it's, yeah. it's never easy. But you've you, you got to find ways. You've got to find ways to work around it, whether it means okay, when the little one goes to sleep at 6, that's when you start working. You work from 6 to 6. And when he wakes up, then you, you, you keep him occupied. So those are, it's part of sacrifice. So you, you need to have sacrifice like that. And that is what's going to shape you at the end of the day. Yeah. Have you, you, you spoke about guys like uh, Uncle Bill from Boys Eye and Paul Anthony. Um, and they obviously served as mentors for you as a youngster. Um, have you got some mentors at the moment that are helping you look at businesses and entrepreneurship and things? Look for, for, for someone that can mentor me into business. Because at this moment, I just listen to lots of podcasts with uh, different, uh, different CEOs and I try to read uh, lots of books, business books in order to, uh, to understand and see what I can, what leaf I can pull out of, out of each chapter, so um, and and, tr- and try and make that my own because at the end of the day, that that's how you can get better. Is that you, do okay? I can maybe clean the window. I need to create soap that can clean the windows. I need to create a window cleaner that will make me see bright. That will make me clearer. So, so it it, it is important uh, to have mentorship. And I mean, in my own careers, I had. Um, Kind of Paul Anthony, Mr. Yehu, and Uncle Bill, but I mean, I, I, I still uh, communicate with them, so okay, cool. they're, they're, they're still there. But I think in business, you also need someone that that has kind of walked the walk of business, that yeah. can kind of uh, kind of nurture you or help you throughout. The, not help you, but kind of guide you. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. there's there's a business in that. Um, you know, when when rugby players and and sportsmen in general retire from the game and they're not quite sure you know how to slot into this normal life that everyone's living there could be a business in mentoring people like that you know what i mean so so as an ex-player for example for you to to set up something that would help other guys that are struggling and going through this process to help them find opportunities and, and things like that which i think is is something that's very much lacking in our international sports no, 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 exactly. You so did right there because, again, when you look at the transformation system, you think, well, the transformation system only, once you're out the bus, there goes the transformation system. It's also one to blame, just like the unions. They're, also, they're operating hand-to-hand. So they're not helping set up, I mean, helping set up these youngsters to be able to, um, to, to step into, uh, into the real world. I mean, to set up these youngsters, when they step into, into the real world, they've got uh, things in place. So I'll just say, well, if transformation system was, was so great, why didn't it first focus on educating the player, educating the individual before he became the player? So again, if you look at the, the module in America, 
they only select players uh, from uh, from college. So you have to be college. You have to, I mean, you don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be a lawyer. But you must have some some form of uh, education behind you. Yeah. Then once the players get to age of like 27, 28, and then you say, okay, now you coming towards the end of your career, you've got five years whatever left in your career, average. So what we want to do, we want to connect you with a business whereby during your off days, your off times, whether you've got two days off in the week, we're going to use that time to upskill you. Go do an internship with, uh, with Coca-Cola. Yeah. Go, go and deliver coats to, to, uh, to the retailers. Or go work in a retailer, work in dispatch, go, go in the, work in corporate, go, go work in IT. So, yeah. so it's, it's, it's important to kind of uh, put these things in place. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to pay the player. And the thing is, they don't understand, these corporates understand, you don't have to pay him. But he's going to get a skill that he's doing for free because he's already been paid by his union. Yeah, so for him, you feel like, you know, it's fun. It, it, this, this, is, this is to set myself up after the career end. This is, this is my plan for the career end. Because again, as I said, there needs to be sacrifice. So if the players are also thinking that they need to get paid when, when they go do their internship, then they're also freeing themselves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So somewhere along the line, it should be a, a call, they call it the push-pull mechanism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's very important because I, I mean, every single time I speak to someone, I immediately see there's an uncertainty regarding what's coming next, you know, and, and it's a worry thing because you can't be a superstar forever, you know, um, you've got to care, care for your family, you've got to still be meaningful to society. So it's a difficult one for, for guys in your position. No, 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 exactly. So... It, it also, like when you're there as, as that superstar, it's also important to to have the, to have these plans in mind. So you need to get these business cards. So that's what I did along my career. Is that I meet up with all these CEOs, directors, founders of big businesses, and I just grab their cards. Yeah. And once in a while, we're there. One, even once a year, or twice a year. Hi, how are you doing? How's it going? How's how's your family? So you need to build relationships. So it's not about just contacting these people thinking, okay, I need a job now. But how can you contact someone in the dying when you need a job? Meanwhile, the past 10 years where you had these business cards, you never contacted them once. Yes. So, so relationships are, are important. I think maybe you can also allude to that, that uh, looking at the, at the psychological uh, side of business is, is that that is going to become vitally important in big organization that for you to do any business going forward, you, you still only need a relationship. Yeah. You can't just step in like, okay, well, I'm coming to, unless you're a good salesman, a good salesman will be a good salesman. Yeah. <laughs> and, and those are also your good entrepreneurs as well. Yeah. But uh, not everybody has that skill. So you can't just walk in. You, you, you need to kind of uh, build that relationship yeah. together. Yeah. And also, 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 if you're selling, the relationship of trust also takes time. Yeah. So they, they might give you uh, three or six months uh, on a trial base and see how you work. And after that, they might say, well, we're canceling your contract. We're not happy. Or they might say, listen, we're happy. Uh, we're willing to um, 
build our relationship further, then, then it's, it's a welcoming effect. Yeah, for sure. Listen, man, I'm going to end us off with giving you an opportunity to, to just say something that's on your heart or maybe you want to speak. Maybe there's something we didn't cover that you wanted to get out into the public. Um, from what I gathered from what we were speaking of, you know, you, you're still fighting for your innocence in these cases. You're fighting to clear your name, even though you've most probably be, oh, you are definitely done with, with rugby. Um, is there something you want to add to that and, and something maybe you want to give a message out to any young players out there? I think before I give a message out, I think what I'd like to add is that most people don't understand that throughout my career, they only saw uh, the picture that the media painted of me. And they didn't see the, didn't see the person that was struggling behind the system. The person that, that, that was fighting for, for equal opportunities. So I, I was also a member of um, my players, which yeah. is the players union, where I also despise the players union because the players union, I can be a players union and, and yet you're being funded by the South African rugby organization. It doesn't make you a players union. It's, it's what, what, what's the word for it? It's almost like, you, you, you're sleeping in bed with your sister. Yeah. So, so that can be like that. And, and, and I had to fight and I had to struggle. Along, I had to struggle my way in fighting these things and fighting the inequality and in, in, in fighting that the smaller unions also need to be looked after just like the big unions. Yes, maybe not the same funding, but they need to be looked after. I, 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 I had to fight for players to get game time that as, as, as a player of color, that you, you play one bad game. It's like, no, he's, he, he's not ready. He's not good enough. But, but you, 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 you and, and, uh, and yet the white players, he plays one bad game. It's like, he, needs, he can get better. We need to give him more time. He gets second, third shot. Then he becomes, like, oh, there, is there. Now we're seeing a glimpse of what he can do. So those opportunities were never, were never equal. And that's what, I, that's what I fought for when I was in the Players Union organization. Yeah. Then, 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 then obviously uh, the biggest, other big one is that at the Bulls, Fighting, uh, fighting against—I uh, don't want to say fighting, but I think fighting is—it's—it's—it it, it can be a bit more aggressive. But I, I had to stand in front of the CEO, in front of the coach, being a young player, and say, "Guys, we can't have—we can't have uh, our message being projected in Afrikaans, and the coaches are also speaking Afrikaans, and yet." there are some players around who don't understand Afrikaans. Yeah. Not everybody speaks Afrikaans. So we need to find a, a common language that's, that's suited for everybody. But it was uncomfortable for the Afrikaans people, so they had to make it comfortable for them. And, 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 and there again is the inequalities we speak about. So when you get on the pitch, when the message was in Afrikaans, you get on the pitch, and after the game, the coach says, but you don't do this, you don't do that, but like, but you're forgetting that I didn't understand the message. Yeah. Then who gets blamed? You get blamed. But, but players couldn't stand up. They couldn't speak for themselves. 
and, 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 and I saw these things, and sometimes I, was, I couldn't go, I couldn't go further with, other, with, 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 with the whole idea of standing up because then you also get, um, you, you jeopardize in your career. And, 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 and that's what I feel also happened at the end. It was a, a real effect of that. Like yeah. we need more and more stuff to get them out the system. Yeah. Yeah. So that, but uh, just, just to end up, obviously my message out there to the youngster and ever is aspiring to, to be a great CEO, a great athlete, uh, founder of a big organization is that one thing I always say, uh, for me, the things I always start to with the four D's. So I'll say it's, it's discipline, dedication and your desire then your dream those are things that also held into then then out of all of that and i say you must never never give up on your dream because your dream is the one that will give you hope and your hope is what will give you energy to wake up every day when it's not fun when people when people are saying get down that's when you that's when that hope will say get up and that for me is is what worked for me and 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 it's and also just to keep on improving yourself keep on being honest pure honesty integrity keeping your integrity who you are your identity that person be that person don't try don't try be someone that you're not so it's someone that you can't be i can't be you and you can't be me but you can be yourself. And how do you get the best of yourself? By looking yourself in the mirror and being true to yourself. And I think the most, most important thing is that they always say 1% of the world writes, write down their own goals. And so be part of that 1% group. Because yeah. that makes you a special bunch. Write down your goals, but your goals also be realistic goals. And must be goals that can be achievable. Not something that I, I want to... Don't say I want I, I, I want to fly to the, I want to fly to, I want to fly to the moon. I mean, yeah. yes, if you're an astronaut, if you work, if you study to become an astronaut, yes, possibly you could. Yeah. <laughs> but but was, your goals would be very realistic. Yeah. Awesome, no, man. And thank you, thank you for the time. No, no, I need to thank you. I mean, you've been honest. You obviously in the media at the moment, or your name is, and you're willing to to speak honestly and speak openly and. Um, I think a lot needs to be taken out of a conversation like this so that people can see well, what is wrong in the system and in the structures and, um, and also to give people that face adversity an opportunity to, to state their side of the case. So thank you for doing that. And I've learned a lot from you and you know, you, you've been an inspiration, as I said, from a young age and you're, you still are and uh, you, you continue to be. So good luck with everything you're going through and good luck with your future. It'll be cool to see where you, where you go in the next few years. No, thank, thank you, Nick. I really appreciate this opportunity that you gave me to, to be on this platform. I think it's, it's a wonderful initiative that you've got going and I also wish you all the success in this because this could definitely steer up and, 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 and this is part of the future. And I'm, I'm very thankful to, to, be, to be part of the journey as well, seeing if I can help you um, advance in this journey and, and, and get to where you want to get to. It would be my greatest pleasure. Appreciate that. Thanks so much. Before we before You're we welcome. say goodbye, I just want to know: is there a place people can find you if they if they want to reach you or on social media or something? Yeah, that is my biggest problem. So I'm I'm not, I'm not a social media addict. So yeah. 
I've moved away from social media. I've never liked social media from day one because, because why? Because uh, social media for me always paints the wrong picture to people. So people, when they, sorry, if if you look back at, okay, we, we look at the crime in South Africa. So you go and you flash, I uh, bought a new car, bought a new house, got a beautiful wife, ever. This is crime, this is rape, this is murder, this is everything. So what, what message are you selling to people? To social media. I mean, if even girls showing their nude bodies on social media, I, I don't mind. If you worked hard and you train, you, you, you've kind of changed, you've converted your whole body, wonderful. But there needs to be a gauge. Yeah. It, it needs to be limited. And, and unfortunately, it's, it's not going to be limited, just getting worse and worse. And, and all, that's why I'm, I'm not on social media and, 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 and will not be. Only, only through uh, maybe LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn so people could find me there. But yeah, but, but besides, besides Instagram, Facebook, not, not, not my playground, yeah. Okay. So for business reasons, people can contact you at, on LinkedIn. What is your name on LinkedIn? Is it just Chili Boy Ralapele? Correct. Okay, cool. Listen, well, thanks again, man, and uh, hope you have a good day and good weekend with the family. No, thank you, and have a great weekend too. Awesome. Cheers, brother. Okay. Cheers, cheers, cheers.